the American Constitutional Republic, affairs of state in Oklahoma, the beliefs, principles, opinions, and views of people just like me. This is 3D Politics. Once again, here we are featuring the amazing creator and curator of SoderPolitics.org, David Van. Every week joining us from somewhere there and sometimes here, founder and scholar at constitutionalgrounds.com, David Oldham. Let's see if he can bring it in. There he is in the COVID chase car. And of course, me, your fine director and host, Tommy McKay, comedian, political humorist, and father of five. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are again on 3D Politics. We go every week right here live on Facebook. We've got an exciting show. Uh, 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 3D Politics is heading to the Lawmire event. I've got a, a... Twitter tirade and a Facebook spat I want to share, plus the Reagan recovery I want to touch again, uh, and the fact that they continue to bring back the same argument all the time, these people on the left. I thought it was me being repetitious, but it's just if you continue to get the same argument, you end up using the same (laughs) feedback. Also, Van's got a lot of business. The epic grand jury, no indictments. The Tulsa Health Department injects spoiled vaccines into 1100 patients that's always handy dr dart and uh representative bice uh, is another rhino apparently oh boy and yeah. uh, also uh, oldham is going to give us the update as he is in the covid historical chase car uh so uh ladies and gentlemen before we get going every week i like to humanize ourselves what do you got what makes you human this week oldham go first are you human? You got to be human. I got a lamentation. Oh, you know how I'm usually oh. a positive guy, and I'm so just always optimistic. Oh, I got a lamentation this time. Oldham, what do you got? You're human. What'd you do? What do you? Don't go into the show. Just tell us how you're human. <laughs> well, I, I, I am actually uh, sitting in the passenger seat. Um, as we are driving to Arkansas for some work that we have over here. And so we're uh, enjoying ourselves. Um, hey, the um, Washington County uh, GOP hosted uh, Constitutional Grounds last week. Had a great turnout. They are really active up there. Um, I'm sorry I couldn't be here last week, but um, yeah. we had a yeah. great time. So how's the weather out there? Pretty good. So, Van, tell us before you go. I'm excited. As you know, I've kind of. Hold on. Oldham is like, he's like Elon Musk. The guy, I I think he's either alien or half robot. One or the other. Okay. Or both. He may be half alien, half robot. We don't know. We're not sure. Human. That's why I press him every week. I'm tired if I'm a robot. (laughs) All right, Van. What did you do that was human before we launch into the Well. As as a number of people know, I kind of serve as an associate producer, Tom, helping you out from time to time. I yep. went ahead and contracted with a crack legal team that just like our good friend Mark Zuckerberg has his fact checkers, we've got our research crack who, uh, crew, and we now have a fact checking department, especially appreciate the services of DT. And here's how he sounds when he's trying to... It's all fake news. It's phony stuff. It didn't happen. So get ready for GT. So if I say something, let's say I say something that's wrong, like uh, GT Bynum is a good Republican. The news is fake. (laughs) That ought to work. It was false and fake and never happened. (laughs) So you know what happened to me? So we've got... uh, Oh, go ahead. (laughs) so, So we've got our... Our fact-checking team, take that, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, we will <laughs> fact-check you out the wazoo. So, oh, you're not going to believe what happened to me. Yeah. So, as you know, a couple of weeks back, I I came out with my – I published my scientific article about Tyrannosaurus rexes born per year, where I prove out with mathematical formula how it is that uh, one three-thousandths of a T-Rex is born every year. 
Well, I submitted that to the Royal Academy of Sciences. They basically panned me. They panned the whole thing. It's almost, I got very little response. Uh, one guy said, it's as if though McKay has uh, no accreditation from any university anywhere in any of the natural sciences. So I was just destroyed. But uh, anyway, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going anyway. I'm, I'm, un, I'm unstopped. Now, you know, next week or next week, next month, we're going to, everybody should be able to share. And I'm going to right now. Here's the big news for me. And that is we're going to the free. We have landed the press uh, passes to go to OKC Freedom Rally with the featured speakers, General Michael Flynn and Jackson Lawmeyer. Look at these other speakers here, gentlemen. This is on uh, 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 June 26th. But look at this. Uh, uh, Nick Vujuric, uh, Pastor Sharon Dougherty, Dr. Willie Montague, who's been on our show, Jaron Jackson, we know who he is, Dr. Mm -hmm. Lee Merritt, Daniel Navas, uh, Pastor Leon Benjamin, Pastor Craig Hagen, uh, Dan Fisher, John Bennett, who's also been on the show, Abe Cruz, Claire Lopez, Dr. Cordy Williams, Jesse Rogers, Dr. Mark Sherwood. That's pretty good for a cold read. Tickets can be had and get there. Hosted by Clay Clark. It's there at the Embassy Suites Conference, 2501 Conference Drive, Norman, Oklahoma, 73069. If you want tickets rsvp at jacksonlawmeyer.com visit www.jacksonlawmeyer.com but there it is ladies and gentlemen uh, uh june 26 and uh the 3d politics boys are gonna be yeah. there uh yes. so that's gonna be exciting now the other thing i want to get to before we move on and get to the epic grand jury information i have to get this off my chest there's a there is a thing that happened on Twitter. It's a Twitter tirade, and so oh. I'm gonna share it with you. So notice here, Man. look at this. Yeah, this is how it gets looks. Look at it here. Uh, uh, flip flops, anyone is what I retweeted because here it is that James Lankford is uh, is retweeting this idea of miss me yet. So James Lankford rushes out of the woodwork to suddenly get some press when he knows he's in trouble. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, also, Yahoo News, uh, they come out with a thing about uh, an army of 16-year-olds takes on the Democrats, this young progressives. Uh, one of the things that I'll continue to uh, rail against on the show is progressives. They're just authoritarian tyrants. There's no deal that can be made with a progressive. They are liars uh, by definition. The minute you uh, make a deal with them, they continue to burn the community with their corrosive attacks on any issue they can devour. Always the ends justify the means. Now look at this. Mayor G.T. Bynum is going to give an update on the ransomware attack, which Oldham taught us how ridiculous that was. But so so my question is, why is he still wearing a mask? Is it his health or is it his messaging? So it leads me to my riddle. How does a rhino blow a dog whistle? <laughs> Answer through a mask. Kaboom. <laughs> now, did you hear about this one? What do you think? KTUL asked about LG, uh, uh, LGBT Legos. Did you see that? Anybody? Yeah. Did you see that? Ahead of Pride Month, Lego announces their first LBGT set. And I said, I, in my brilliance, like a scientist, you know, even though I'm denied by the Royal Academy, I said, you know what? Legos work perfectly because they connect to each other just like heterosexuals. Do you ever notice that? <laughs> Boom! Click, click, click. Because otherwise they wouldn't snap together when they yeah. killed a child. And you notice I got math there. Taco, hot dog, Lego method. Donut, bone, Lego method. Two tacos, two hot dogs, two donuts, two bones. That is the anti-Lego method. This is science, guys. Now, here we go. Oh, poor Annalise. Now, Tulsa World, which I've got an ongoing, uh Tulsa World, Annalise M. Bruner had no knowledge of the Tulsa race massacre. On, on, and on about how bad it is. I says, behold the failure of the federally funded public school education. If, if we don't know about the Tulsa race massacre, 
which is a yeah. horrible idea if you're going to do, you know, tourism. Massacre is the worst thing. I ran a restaurant one time and they said, on here, we're going to call this dump cake. And I said, call it anything but dump cake. I'm not putting that on the menu. And they said, well, they'll know it's dump cake. I don't care if they know it's dump cake. We're not putting dump cake on the menu because it's not appealing. If you want people to come to Tulsa, don't call it massacre. Yeah, that's that. Is that as akin to slop pail? <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be. But the point is here: they all cry about we don't know anything about the Tulsa massacre. Why? Because Woodrow Wilson's public schools, where he segregated it and glorified the KKK, yeah. and yet still the Democrats worship their government. Oh, and then get this: for the big rise, and remember. Stacey Abrams, here is a big opportunity to do a great thing for Tulsa. And what do they do? They bring Stacey Abrams. Could there be anybody less qualified to say anything about anything besides Joe Biden? And what was my response? Oops. <laughs> That's the Twitter tirade. Now, I'm almost done. You know, you think I'm done, but then I'm not because I'm also going to share with you. Uh, the other that was that was the Stacey Abrams thing uh, that brought us to the concept of the uh, CRT, right? Critical race theory. Yep. Now the Tulsa World opinion and Peggy, hello. I wish you were here listening. History cannot be taught if mistakes or despicable events of the past are not included," said Tahlequah resident Robert Bob McQuitty. Now I read Bob's article and I won't bore you with it. He talks about the. The letter, House, uh, his letter says that House Bill 1775 will block free speech in the classroom. And, and of course, uh, I made a comment and I said, uh, a swing and a miss from Bob, uh, uh, referring to his article, uh, uh, psychological concepts like racism and whether thought may be inherent or either consciously or unconsciously uh, is not history. Because he gets into his article about the philosophy of racism, uh, claiming that somehow we're denying history. But he's talking psychology, which isn't history. And I, uh, he, Bob says many, here's, here's what we're up against, guys. Bob says many males have discriminated against females, okay? And I say that many males have also not discriminated against females. Now it's one-to-one. Now, now what do we do? <laughs> this is like as much science as my T-Rex article. Okay, so the so here he is to, in his article. He suggests that we're all racist, and he just simply knows it because he's so brilliant. And and my answer to him is the projection of sexist onto others will not atone for your sin of sexism. Carry your own inheritance, Bob. We're not related. Nor can Bob claim empirically that virtually every man, as he suggested, woman and child, according to his subjective calculations on skin tone by melanin, knows that stereotyped blacks as lazy workers. Uh, Bob is neither a historian nor a psychologist, but an expert on freedom of speech. So that's my tirade. And there you go, boys. So what do you got on the epic grand jury, Van? All right. Well, this is a really interesting thing. Uh, you'll find it. Uh, we posted it on 3D Politics Facebook page. You can get it there. It also comes from the front page of Sooner Politics. I'm just going to do a quick screen share just for reference so you know what you're looking for. And uh, let's take a look at this. So here you've got uh, the two founders of uh, Epic. They're on either side of Governor Stitt. That's him in the middle. And this is from earlier. So that don't think that this is the governor came to celebrate no indictments. David Van, a creator, curator of Sooner Politics. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but look through that real thoroughly. But basically what I'm getting at is every year, it seems, since Epic first came on the scene, what, 10 years ago, They've been the education swamp has been gunning for them. Yeah. Every year there's an investigation of some sort. Every year it comes back zero indictments. And guess what happened uh, earlier this month? There's a multi-county grand jury that the attorney general has asked to be impaneled to try to dig up whatever dirt will stick on these two guys and the epic that they founded. Okay. Well, guess what they came back with so far? The grand jury is going to meet next month again. But so far, they've come up with an interim report. 
And guess what the interim report says? I don't know what. The legislature really needs to look at all the way they've set up charter schools. But then they came out with down here. Here's the document. Okay. It says right here, the grand jury returned zero indictments and one interim report attached to this document. That tells me that this form was filled out before they knew whether or not they were going to come up with an indictment. What I'm saying here is, and I don't know which prosecutor was selected by the attorney general to run this grand jury, but I think the effort here was to turn a grand jury into a bunch of lobbyists lobbying the legislature to change the charter school rules to something that the swamp is going to be more agreeable to. And by the swamp, I mean the Department of Education, Joy Hoffmeister, superintendent. <laughs> nice job, Van. Yeah, Wait so it, all names. It, it's, it's a great article. It's more of the same crap, the same throwing mud. They haven't gotten anywhere. And I think it's just a good review of what's gone on for the last uh, nine years. And literally, I, I said here in the last section, is the legislature the one being indicted by this grand jury? Because if you read the article, that's basically the people that they're gunning for. So we'll see what happens next month. But they met earlier this month, and then they're just going to come back a month later. These are average citizens selected to serve on a grand jury. What do you think, Oldham? I, well, I think you're, you've got something there. The, the problem here in Oklahoma is we don't have regular grand juries seated at all times. Um, right. In California, we had grand juries that served a one or two year um, stint, and right. they were always available to look into malfeasance and things like this. But what we've seen time and time and time again is prosecutors come in and try to take a grand jury a direction they want to go. And it's the whole thing, you know, you um, you get the grand jury to indict a ham sandwich well, or, or free Hitler. Let um, me add something to that. Because, uh, you know, mutual friend of ours, Gary Richardson here in Tulsa, and Bill Price, who was another federal prosecutor for Ronald Reagan's uh, Justice Department, when they prosecuted all those county commissioners in Oklahoma, I think they sent like 73 county commissioners to prison in Oklahoma back in the 80s. Right. We didn't have something referred to as a multi-county grand jury. It's a very specialized grand jury that we've only created by statute about 30 years ago, or 25 years ago. Actually, it was Frank Keating, who was our third Reagan prosecutor, along with those other two names I gave you. So this is a very unique thing. You don't get a multi-county grand jury very often. I This is only no, the 13th. Don't. Yeah, this is like the 13th that we've had in 25 years. And is it because it's multi-county is what makes it unique? Exactly. If a crime became a clear multi-county issue, you have to go prosecute. Okay, what happened in this county? Now, what happened in this county? You can't get the full scope and make the clearest picture for a jury to truly understand the scope. Okay, so tie us right. back into the epic grand jury story and how the monopoly that government has on education is being a uh, continued assault against epic. Right. And as you know, the first part of the story, I get into how a grand jury can be very much a an abuse of a citizen's right because a an indictment is just a one-sided process of, hey, let's throw enough mud up and don't let the accused come in here and answer or even let him know that he's being investigated. And if a one-sided deal, it's only the prosecution, not the defense counsel, if they can make enough case, then they can just smear somebody publicly. And as, you know, one guy said with the Bush uh, 41, he said, where does a man go to get his honor back when he's been smeared well, like this? Well, remember, all they did was seat the grand jury and start looking into it, and they were being smeared as though they were guilty. I mean, how many people have come up to me or you guys and said, what's up with Epic? They're in all sorts of hot water, blah, blah, blah. Right. I mean, no, the, the one in hot water is 
and yeah. then it turns out there's not. Right. The uh, fact that Joy Hoffmeister and Deborah Gist and apparently the state board uh, is fighting against an organization that tries to teach children. There's real problem there. Yeah. Okay. Because really, when you read all the articles about what the argument is, they're not saying, well, they're teaching the children the wrong stuff, like critical mm -hmm. race theory. And they're not saying, well, they don't know how to teach children. And then, you know, what they say is, we want the money. We want the money. They can't have the money. They want the greedy little paws on the money so they can ill spend it. And the way they want to get their paws on it is by claiming somebody else will ill spend it. The fraud yeah. in the Paul, cafeteria, Ron man. Paul, <laughs> Congressman Ron Paul had a had a plaque on his desk in Washington D.C. and it says, "Don't steal. The government hates competition." Yeah. Boom. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what we've got going on here. Yeah. Um, you've got. You've got you've got one group wanting to continue to get away. Quite frankly, the entire um, school funding model. Now, you guys know where I stand on tax-funded public schooling. <laughs> you okay. like seances and Ouija boards. Is that, is that, <laughs> and, that's and what I remember. So, but the thing is that, <laughs> that, quite frankly, the the public schools are raking it to we the taxpayers because they get to. They get to get paid for three years right. based on on a student's um, attendance for part of one year, yeah. and and so you know there's double, triple, quadruple billing for chance. You ever heard right. of a ghost student, right? You know what a, you've heard. Uh, of yeah. Now I must say the legislature did take some corrective action this year. They dropped it down to what's the attendance last year or is this year higher? So. Uh, they didn't totally fix it, but they have improved on it over, you know, the <clears throat> outrageous. Now, I do want to say to Oldham's, you know, other point on it. Uh, if you are asked to serve on a grand jury, my fellow Oklahomans, you need to understand you have a very special role to play in protecting civil rights, as well as making sure that any victim gets proper you know, recompense gets protection. So yes, if a crime happened, you got to make sure that we do our best to as a society respond to that. But here's the thing. Somebody once said to me, America has the best justice system that a defendant can afford. And if you can't afford it, you get screwed. There's just no other way for me to put it. Speaking of well, screwed. They and that's part of the reason that I was going to say, it, Epic is under a, attack by uh, Deborah Gist and uh, Joy Hoffmeister, etc. Yeah. Uh, and they they attack Epic because they say, oh, you've gotten money and you're paying for, they call them ghost students, which is the way they pay every every school district. But but the, the lie is from the Tulsa public schools and in school public schools in general is in the cafeteria because they pay not ghost students, but they pay for ghost stomachs because they yeah. pay the school districts for pieces of paper collected, not lunches served. Yep. Okay. You can't Correct. even enroll right. in the school till you enroll in the free lunch program sure. and, and get denied your oh. uh, ability to get free lunch. So there's it's a scam in the free lunch program. And as long as we continue to pretend that the lunch lady is a educator and pre-K is a, a education, uh, th th we're going to be screwed. Yeah. Oldham. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Hey guys, let me, let me get, I, I was going to say, you're absolutely right. I've talked to teachers who don't believe that that's actually what's going on in their own school. It's like, wake up where, where what, land do you live on? I've talked to numerous kids who tell me that's exactly what, what is happening. Um, I'm going to catch you on the other side of the break because I am at my destination. I'm going to get on my computer and, and get onto the, the, the real thing. So give me about 15 minutes and I'll be back with you. Excellent. Okay. We appreciate you coming to us from your Tesla in England. You're clearly on the other side of the road without even <laughs> driving. That's uh, pretty good stuff, Lori. Uh, uh, Al Oldham. And so, uh, Van, uh, that's some great uh, information about the epic grand jury with no indictments. So there has been the grand jury.
And uh, well, yeah, and they they're not done. They are going to come back next month on this. So we don't know where it's going from here, but so far it's a strikeout every time they've come up to bat to try to to club Epic into uh just uh, destruction. You know, the thing that amazes me is there's a there's clearly a monopoly in education. The federal and state governments have a monopoly. You're in trouble if you don't send your kids right. to their school or you can easily be uh, uh, turned in yeah. uh, if you don't. Uh, and so um, it, it's amazing um, how many people are, are starting to see the trouble with the public schools and also how many people continue to send their children to the public schools when it's clearly the Leviathan. Yeah, uh, it, it's, a, it's a horrible system. Hey, Tom, before the break, I wanted to share a little story happened to me this afternoon. I was in Oklahoma City um, and uh, just after a meeting at the, uh, with some fellow Republicans, I, I just decided to go out to lunch with a couple of buddies and uh, talking to the manager. Most of the restaurants along Lincoln Boulevard have no in, indoor dining. This is enough we, see. Yeah, you're right. Is we can't find enough people to work. And, you know, the fellow there said, look, you know, it's a tight margin. I try to, you know, keep my labor costs down to about 10 bucks an hour for somebody starting out. Okay. And he said, I just can't hardly find help. Right. And so, you know, I talked to him. I said, you know, Governor Stitt uh, just canceled that $300 bonus for unemployment. Because there's so many jobs being not filled it's just not right that we're paying this crazy lump sum because people are making 17 bucks an hour on unemployment right. but if they go take a, a, a job like this it's only 10. well here's what the governor said he says i'm cutting this off he says but i'm going to turn around and give a 1200 bonus to any of you folks on unemployment if you go back to work and keep a job for six weeks the state will cut you a check for 1200 bucks. And he said, you know what? We're money ahead if we do this, okay? Right. And so I'm talking to this restaurant manager and I said, you know what? Put a sign out there, help wanted, $1,200 bonus, you know? And right. he's like, really? Bonus. Right. And I said, yeah. And he said, you know, the governor's mansion's just on the street. He says, governor comes in here probably once every week or two. Wow. I said, yeah, ask him about it. And so I'm gonna say this to employers. You need help, put a sign out there, $1,200 bonus for joining their team and staying on it six weeks. Payable by the state. Right. And, and unfortunately, the public schools, which I lament every week, uh, uh, they have so poorly educated the general population yeah. about how taxation works. It's a normal yeah. concept for a young person that is uneducated in economics to think, well, if you need more tax revenue, you raise tax rates. And what we all argued for years and years before the 1980s was, huh, uh, huh, uh, uh, until Reagan came along and then we all proved, huh, uh, because yeah. uh, Reagan proved overall, I got an yeah. article, we're not going to have time to get into it tonight, but it's the Reagan recovery article I just posted right. it my verbal Viking uh, and, um, and you know people are still having you know want to go into more just do a search called the Laffer curve by Art Laffer okay and he, he's the young economist brilliant mind that shows there's a sweet spot you tax one more penny over that and your revenues go down you're listening to the creator and curator of SoonerPolitics.org, David Van, along with Tommy McKay, your fine director and host, right here, comedian and political humorist with 3D Politics every week, right here on Facebook Live. David Oldham is taking a short break. He is, of course, the founder and scholar at ConstitutionalGrounds.com. Uh, he is on the road and found himself to the destination, so he'll be joining us after the hard break. I want to also throw out real quickly as we close this uh, session out, uh, thanks to Philip Satello from last week from joining us. Found him on the Mark Case Show. I put out a shout out to Jack Lombardi, who I also saw or uh, heard on uh, KRMG with Mark Case Show. Uh, so, uh, but I didn't get a 
call back from him. We hope to land him. Let's get out of here and set it up again, Oldham. Back on the other side. And trust me. <laughs> Constitutional Republic, affairs of states in Oklahoma, the beliefs, principles, opinions, and views of people just like me. This is 3D Politics. Featuring every week right here with me, David Van, curator and creator of SooverPolitics.org. That's right, he's an expert on Oklahoma State government. And uh, me, of course, your director and host, Tommy McKay, comedian, political humorist, father of five, and former more mayoral candidate. David Oldham will be joining us shortly. I'm sure we'll see him here back as we uh, come back after the break. Now... We're going to have to move forward regardless. Uh, Tulsa Health Department, Van is going to talk about, uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of the masked bandit, uh, uh, Dr. Dart, uh, <laughs> because I never voted for him, and yet he controlled my life for nearly a year. Yes. Uh, I would have rather taken orders from G.T. Bynum's wife than uh, Dr. Dart. But anyway, the Tulsa Health Department injected spoiled vaccines yeah. into 1,100 patients. Tell yeah. us about it, Van. Oh, my goodness. And then they hid it. This is a passive no. cover-up. No. Well, first of all, yeah, they let stuff spoil in the freezer for up to two weeks past their spoilage date. And then they told people, oh, this is safe. We're going to make you, you know, protected from COVID. When, number one, you aren't protected from COVID. Number two, we don't know if we just harmed you with this spoiled dosage. We don't know. Where's the and control group on the spoiled dosage test? <laughs> well, and get this. They're it, now they're going around or trying to find these people and say, come on in and get a, a maybe a third booster shot because if the spoiled dose was your second one. <laughs> by the way, we don't know how many more else are spoiled. We just know that they know of 1,250 people. And then they said, but if you're pregnant, we can't help you. You are unprotected because we're not going to take the risk of giving you a third shot while you're pregnant. This, so it, this is amazingly ironic, especially when it, when you're dealing with the health department. And I come from the restaurant background. Yeah. And the idea of an expiration date is holy, holy. <laughs> I mean, W-H-H-O. You know, I mean, it is holy, holy. Yeah. Uh, and so when Dr. Dart uh, allows the Tulsa Health Department to go uh, to serve formula that's passed its uh, expiration date or spoiled. Uh, yeah. That's an egregious uh, uh, crime. So what I want to say here is now I heard about it kind of through the grapevine. And so I go to the county website and guess what? There's no mention on the website. So I scroll all the way down to the footer of the page and in tiny mice type, it says there, you know, press room. So I click on that, nothing in the press room. Okay, you'd think they would want the help of the media to get the message out for people to get on over here and get protected. Okay, Ooh. yeah. And then it, I see a button on there that says media releases. So I click on that and thinking, okay, I'm going to get this. Warning, warning, get on over here. No. You know what it says? Tulsa Health Department corrects cold chain protocol. It's a cold chain protocol. Yeah. That tells you how long you can let something sit before it goes bad. Oh, because my understanding is it comes to them in an incredibly uh, 
you know, tight storage conditions and, and you know, there's certain mixtures and then it only has a limited time that it's effective and it'll stay a little longer effective if you have it in ultra cold storage. Right. So, but they left it in all in storage way longer and then still gave it to people not knowing if it's safe. Right. And so, then so you had a, it. yeah. If you had a loaf of bread that you were running a restaurant and serving and then you let it get uh, molded and spoiled and then you served it, e even though it came to you with tight yeah. restrictions, uh, you would get a ticket and find and close down. You'd be Dr. shut down. Yeah, Dr. Not Dart, not Dart would shut down your business. That's right. Not just the food handling places, but any hospital or any clinic in town. It was a That's right. Yeah, but when it's them, they don't even have to tell us openly. They can just say, oh, by the way, we updated our protocols. Not telling you, you know, get, we need your help. We got to get these people in here because they think they're protected and they're not. See, Dr. Dart is what uh, validates in some people's mind critical race theory. I mean, yeah, and by the way, he's not a physician, folks. He's not he's a He's got a doctor in administrative skills. Take it from me, a guy who is rejected by the Royal Academy of Sciences. Dr. Dart is no doctor. He is, yeah, I'm sorry. He's not even an LPN, okay? He's just... I'm sorry. He's not even a nurse's aide. Okay. I, I wouldn't take a shot of whiskey from that doctor. Yeah. And so he's doing this. And you know what? The media isn't even acting like they're one bit concerned. It there's where's the outrage folks, man. Well, I'm going to act like you do with Olden. What do you mean when you say media? I'm talking about the corporate commercial media interests. Local, national, what are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, now, Everybody? yeah, here's what happened. I got this off of Channel 2, NBC News. I found it again in, on Tulsa World. I think Channel 8 had it, but they ran it under the headline that the, that the health department wanted, that they corrected their protocols. Not that. Get your butt in here. You're not covered. You're not safe, according to even our definitions. Right, of what they're spinning even the medical science news. Yeah. I mean, this is the problem: is that that we continue, uh, uh, we we continue to fight to rule ourselves through political science instead of medical science. And the reason we want to prefer political science is because it doesn't change all the time like yeah. medical science does. Medical science admittedly by the scientists. Oh, we don't know yeah. crap. 4,500 years, uh, we were off a little bit. They, they don't, medical science changes all the time. That's why we can't go by that yeah. in our politics. Yeah, and Tom, we don't even know statistically. Now, we've concluded, you and I have, that men are at a greater risk of death from COVID than women are. Because when you run the numbers, a lot more women get it, but a lot more men have died. And so there's about a 33% higher risk of death for men. All right? But the problem is the health department didn't ask, what sex are you? They ask, they ask, what gender do you identify as? Oh, boy, yeah. There you go. And, you know, I'm sorry, but how you feel isn't science. At least not in this form of science. Well, exactly. If I go in with a broken leg, I'm like, I don't feel like I got a broken yeah. leg. Like, Sir, you got a broken leg. I mean, let me give you an example. Okay. They've, they're now looking at the risk of certain vaccines based on blood clots that women are getting, not men. Women are getting. Okay? Uh, yeah. These are some of the physiological differences between men and women that cause certain risks for one sex over another sex. And also, I don't care what gender they feel like today. Also, teens are getting an enlarged heart or swollen heart. Did you hear that one? I've heard that. Yeah, yeah some heart yeah. issues. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the idea I can, you know, growing up uh, during the 60s, I was warned by uh, my grandfather, don't, you know, stay away from the needle drug, son. And, uh, uh, now I'm being encouraged by our government to take a needle to the arm filled with some. I don't know what's in there. I know better what I'm buying in a bag from the quick trip. You know, <laughs> I mean, back in the day, you'd stand outside the quick trip. Hey, man, you know where I can get a bag? I mean, friends of mine that I heard 
And so uh, now Dr. Dart is suggesting I take a shot with a needle filled with stuff. I don't know what's in it. Dr. Dart doesn't know what's in it. And if they told him what was in it when the needle got here, he doesn't know that's what's in that particular injection. Yeah. So I, there's no telling what they're doing in their experiments with different people. There's no there's no telling what they're doing to mutate us into an alien okay. society. Now, here's the problem. And I'm I a have. scientist. Go ahead. Remember, Dr. Dart is not a physician. He's got a PhD in an administrative skill. What did he just fail at? Performing administrative skill, putting out the proper protocols and make sure they're followed. This is life and death issues. He has failed in the one area that he's called upon as an administrator and claims to have a PhD in. This is a problem and he's not owning it. And it seems like everybody else is just acting like, no news here, move along, keep going, let's nothing to see here. Move this up the chain. I mean, clearly, because I, I, wow, that's hard hitting. I thought I was being mean when I said Dr. Dart wasn't a good spokesperson because he has a speech impediment. But the problem is that uh, who put Dr. Dart at the forefront? What's his name? G.T. Bynum. I mean, G.T. No. Bynum. Well, nope. yes, uh, Bynum just enlarged his political power, but appointing him to this office, which should have no bearing on city uh, government, because again, this is a county entity, but it's under the state health department. The state health department is the one who's actually responsible for sticking us with, with, with Bruce Dart. Really? I'm going to call him Brucey from now on because I ain't calling him doctor anymore. <laughs> Brucey Dart, you screwed up yeah. and then you covered it up and your people covered it up with a headline that buried the lead here. See, I mean, as a typecaster, when I ran for mayor in 2016, one of my problems with Dewey Bartlett Jr. was that he had a 23% uh rate, which means, you know, you could listen to so many minutes of him talking, and 23% of it was him saying, uh, er, duh, yeah. The yeah, uh, and so I said he's a horrible spokesperson. Now, whether you know anything about being mayor or not, your number one job as mayor is spokesperson for the city. Yes. Just yes. like Dr. Dart, he's a spokesperson. Now, as a typecaster, I'm a person who used to cast shows. And it's like if I cast a 47-year-old man in a comedy troupe, I said, you're going to be the dad in most of the yeah. scenes. And if I cast a, a woman, I'm like, you're going to play the woman. You know, So it's typecasting, right? Yeah. You get people to play a role that's appropriate for what they do. Dr. Dart has a speech impediment. He's not even a doctor, actually. And they've got him being a spokesperson as a medical person. He's not even a medical doctor. And he, he has a speech impediment. That's right. I mean, if we actually had somebody with some scientific gravitas, I would go with that. But this yeah. man does not. Right. If no, he's he, a scientist with gravitas and he had a speech impediment, I'd say, well, listen to his science. But he's a moron yeah. after that. But. But I've also got to hold G.T. Bynum here because it is a failure of leadership to say, well, I promise Brucey e. Dart, you know, that I would let him have the, the say and run it. No, he, it's not his to give. Right. Bynum cannot give that away. We did not elect Brucey e. to be our mayor. Oh, look at this, my God. Let's beam David Oldham in. There he is. He's got himself. David Oldham is now connecting to audio. Nice job. Oldham is beamed onto the set. Nice job, Oldham. Wow, he's found. Finally. I know, it's fine. <laughs> we were riveted by what we were saying. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about Brucey e. Dart. Bruce Dart. I wonder. Mister, I'm going to tell you what you're going to put in your body. So you yeah. guys are listening once again every week to me, your fine director and host, Tommy McKay, comedian and political humorist, here on 3D Politics every week on Facebook Live, along with just joining us once again, David Oldham on the road. 
founder and scholar at constitutionalgrounds.com, political leader, educational speaker. Also, every week, David Van, the man with the plan, creator and curator of SoonerPolitics.org, expert on Oklahoma state government. Have We have been learning that tonight. And me, scientist like Dr. Dart on T-Rexes, three one-thousandths of a T-Rex born every year according to my scientific calculations. So, <laughs> All right, Oldham, it's glad to have you back. So uh, Good to be here. We, we cruised past the epic uh, grand jury. That is uh, how it is. There's a monopoly on uh, education by the state and nationals. Uh, but there's no indictments against epic yet, uh, mm -hmm. epic charter schools. Told that. Tulsa, Tulsa, I should have I said it right the first time. Tulsa Health Department. <laughs> PhD, Dr. Dart, it helped everybody uh, get injected by spoiled vaccines, and we covered that, but you missed it. Like I missed it. That is, the, that is an awesome story. Um, <laughs> I'm I proud mean, of that story. How many, uh, did you used to do uh, uh, needle drugs uh, back in the day, like all the other <laughs> old No, no, actually, actually, um, uh, scared straight, or what was what was the program? Oh, yeah. Scared Back straight. When, we were, yep. when I was a uh, a kindergartner, um, scared me away from ever using drugs because I was afraid I was going to have a uh, an acid trip and never come off it. You know? Yeah, I thought I was a kid, and they they had me believing that that's the way it worked. Well, I heard that scared straight was where they have drag queens come in and warn you of the vestiges of homosexual sex. I said, be hetero like a Lego. That's what I thought they said. Oh, I was told that marijuana would make you sexually promiscuous. And I knew a lot of girls that were smoking marijuana. And at least they weren't sexually promiscuous around me as a 16-year-old boy. So. <laughs> You were much. Now, if you would have smoked some pot, David, then maybe. <laughs> yeah, you were too stiff. They were like, "He's a narc," <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my well, God. I'll say, I as a sixty. Actually, on my sixteenth birthday was my first marijuana experience, and let oh. me tell you, it was more than I bargained for. Um, and and all the potheads around me were so jealous. They said. I've been trying for years to get as high as you are, oh, and I still haven't been able to get back there. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, the problem is... Ben gets I, high one time, and he's higher than anyone ever. That, that was a few more times. But the thing is, I love having a clear mind. I like having mm -hmm. full capacity. You know, and that's the thing, you know, with my advocacy the last few years on, you know, the medical marijuana thing, I've been invited to so many pot parties, you wouldn't believe it. And I've actually gone to a few of them, but I didn't smoke it. And then they thought I was a narc. I'm not kidding. Yes. I was over Turkey Mountain one night in, in August. And, man, they were all passing around. And then they saw me not smoke. Oh, my God. You know, uh, right. they literally thought I was a narc. Sure they did. <laughs> so. Therefore, that must mean your, your Facebook group is just to catch them out. Yeah. So, but, uh, but, the, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. It wouldn't be a problem if, if our Constitution was being upheld because yeah. they would be regulating actual, you know, improper behavior and not right, rightful liberty. Yeah. Um, that's the issue. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, uh, one time I was smoking pot with lesbians at a pagan party and I got kicked out for being too conservative. I mean, how, how weird is that? I mean, what do you end I thought you were supposed to be more inclusive when you're smoking pot. Especially if you're a pagan lesbian. You'd be like, well, let's talk. <laughs> well, no, they're not very, they're not really, you know, amenable to people who aren't otherwise, you know, also pagan. No. They, they kicked him out because he ate all the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that too. <laughs> and the Probably Cheetos. So. I kept telling him, you're not rolling that joint right. You're not rolling that right. That's yeah. not right. <laughs> now, there's a little bit of news on way that, too, by the way. Way too skinny and way too long. Or, you know, uh, enough, I, I might as well throw out some news headline. Uh, Here Mark we Wood the show. <laughs> yeah. No, Mark Woodward uh, just did a big PR thing showing a, a pot bust up in Logan County this last weekend. And, uh, oh, he's real proud of it and everything. And he said they were operating under the guise of being a medical marijuana licensed grower. 
The thing is, they caught them actually selling it on the black market. Now, Chip Paul, our good friend, he's been on the show here, you know, and he's like applauding good for you, good for you. Now, get this. This is why. Because of the way this restrictive licensing is, it was creating a disadvantage for the growers who were following the law. And so this is the problem when the government He's starts the doing did it. Hey, hey, let me finish my point. Let, <laughs> let me finish fight. my point. <laughs> is the government, when it starts down this road of licensing a liberty, the government starts picking winners and losers and creating. It's natural. It has to be that way. Yeah. Governments create black markets. Yes. That's the only way they actually happen. Yeah. And government so. Smugglers. Yeah, yeah, so you know we're we're saying yeah, yeah, yeah. You go, cops, bust them, bust them, no, all the bootleggers. No. And instead, you could just go the other direction. And say, you know what? We're just going to leave this to the free market because again, no. on this date, no. ninety years ago, marijuana was fully legal in Oklahoma, and liquor was a federal crime. Mm -hmm. Well, and and it was lawfully a federal crime because. Yes. It, they actually changed the constitution. It was stupid, but it was lawful. Oh, a little more history has never been lawful. Yes, and in uh, this was actually before statehood. Uh, Kerry Nation actually came to. I think it was Guthrie. I read it last weekend, and debated somebody about liquor. In that very next week, the city council made it, or actually it was a county, yeah, the city, made it a dry city. This is before mm -hmm. statehood. Carrie Nation was very effective in debating. She, she was, was remember, the lady with the hatchet in the Bible, that's Carrie Nation. Right. Yeah, yeah. she was very effective, um, very wicked, but very effective. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. Oh my gosh. So, so got, anyway, uh, we beat that story. We got one more story. <laughs> we got uh, uh, one more story to go. We got about 10 minutes left. Uh, uh, but before we uh, finish off the Representative Vice story, Oldham, you've been, we, we've been missing you for the last yeah. hour. Tell us uh, what you've been doing, what's going on. I'm Nigel. How's hey, Nigel, oh, Nigel yeah. was awesome. Um, Nigel has been all over the country, but stopped in Tulsa, and we had uh, about 400, 450 people show up to, to see Nigel, and um, uh, had a great turnout. He was fabulous, um, Absolutely. Uh, as always, uh, a, a real friend of, of Liberty, uh, the Liberty movement, yeah. uh, yes. the conservative movement. Um, he even talked about the the problems with their socialist uh, healthcare system in in Great Britain in his talk, and and how Margaret Thatcher couldn't get rid of it because it was politically ensconced. Yes, um, and it, the same kind of thing is true here. The difference is, it isn't illegal for the British government to create such a scheme. It is here in the United States for the United States government to create the Given system. our limited government federalism uh, constitution. Well, yes, given the constitution, it, it is it is absolutely illegal. Limited and yet that's what we have. Government. And we yeah. got Obama going around the country saying, oh, it's a right. It's a right to take somebody else's money and use it for yourself. Um, yes. And so uh, anyway, we've been talking about that. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I uh, was in Bartlesville last week. Speaking to the Washington County GOP, um, great turnout, great response. Um, yeah, I was with John Bennett today. He told me he was there. Is that right? Uh, I did not see him. Uh, that is big news. He could have been there and then <laughs> yeah. left. Yeah. Um, he could have been there early because they had an executive meeting before the the general county, yeah. you know, um, yeah, kind of entertainment portion. They, they, they get everybody together and they had a fabulous turnout. They had yeah. 68 positions of whom 65 showed up to this meeting. Yeah. Absolutely fabulous. If we could get Tulsa to do that, we'd have, you know, a thousand people show yep. up. Yep. Um, but they had, um, they had an awesome uh, turnout and, um, and then they had other people show up for later for the general meeting yeah. um, after they did their executive and um, county, uh, county, county committee meeting. Yeah, and so um, anyway, it was uh, 
it's been a real busy couple of weeks. Uh, we are putting the final touches on our municipal uh, seminar class uh, for elected and non-elected municipal officers. Good. Um, and so we're going to be throwing that here in a couple of weeks. And um, so that is coming up and, um, and we're very excited. That will be the beginning of an annual event and maybe a semi-annual event where we will be doing that and bringing people in to begin Fantastic. training courses um, because it has been, it has come to my attention. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show before or not, but mm -hmm. it has come to my attention that um, all employees of every division of state government must take an oath of office. Yes. And that means, and that means that they have to swear to uphold the U S and Oklahoma constitutions yeah. and the laws therein. Mm -hmm. And so, um, uh, we've got a chance to really start with some education, really start getting, um, the word out to people that you walk in and somebody wants to, you know, extort you for some money, you can, you can hit them up with where is that in the constitution kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. We can actually start going after people who are actually ensconced in illegal jobs. Go after yeah. them. You don't have any right to be doing this job. What are you doing yeah. here? So, in, this in the future, I want to have Oldham address my attitude about how systems cannot be racist. I know when I said, the idea that a cop is just doing his job to be unconstitutional. Oldham's like, well, no, actually, a, a, a system can't be held responsible for being racist. A person can be racist, but a system cannot be. So even if it's set up in a way that seems to be unfair, it's the human's well, fault. Well, this, you know, you have to say, too, that a policy can be made that is unjust. So, you know, yeah, you have to say, yeah, it's possible that a policy, um, you know, I want yes, but it comes from racist people. I agree with you. I want to approach going. that on another show in the future because we've just got about three minutes. But the idea that an, that a system can be held accountable for a personified uh, interest, that yeah. is racism is a is a personified concept uh, and, a, and a system cannot really well, but a corporation can be an an entity, and mm -hmm. so we'll we'll approach that in the future. Uh, real quickly, in the last couple of minutes, Representative Bice votes with the Democrats and Liz Cheney. Yeah, that's right. Heard this? They call it one six these days. Yeah. The January sixth, the huge thing where there were no weapons, but they're acting yeah. like the revolution. They're calling it one six. You know, nine eleven and one six. Yeah, and I got on this right away because actually there were 35 Republicans voted for this, but of those 35, 10 of them were incoming freshmen, such as uh, Stephanie Weiss from Oklahoma City. Another 10 were the same 10 Republicans that voted for impeachment back in January, led by Liz Cheney. Of course, who used to be the conference uh, chair, and she's since been kicked out. Yep. Um, but uh, and. You know, of course, um, Stephanie Bice voted to kick her out. All of the uh, Oklahomans, it, to my understanding. So anyway, yeah. And then she came on afterwards on Facebook and said, well, I wanted this answer and this answer and this answer and this answer. And that's why I voted to authorize this commission. Well, the problem is, dear, just because you want something doesn't mean that Pelosi is going to deliver that for you or even wants to. Right. And so this is well, and, just, and it, you know, it, it seems it seems strange, but she she wanted to have a conservative voice on the panel. And so or it's like, what makes you think that if you vote this in that you're going to get that? I don't know where she yeah. was coming from, but I would like to know what our viewers think um, about this issue and and um, about her response and what they would expect from her. Um, on this, because I'm curious as to what it, where everybody's at on it. Yeah. I mean, I know where I'm, what I'm thinking about it, um, and and it would be nice if it wasn't so utterly politicized that you know that they are always on a witch hunt. They would actually do something legitimate. Um, yeah. it would be nice. 
Yeah. We are closing out the hour here, and that is the story on Vice voting on everything. If you guys would like to take yourself out, I think we have knocked down another fine show. Yeah. I just got to say, this is the first time I've been disappointed with Stephanie since she got in. Very good. We hope to see you guys again next week. We're going to take it out now. Thank you guys for being here. David Van, David Oldham, and me, your fine hosts. Take yourselves out. Good night, everybody. 3D Politics every week right here on Facebook Live.